Hey guys, and welcome back to the FFP. Today, I'm going to be breaking down for you our top 12 fantasy defensive rankings. Of course, you already knew that by the title and thumbnail of this video. And certainly, it's not the most interesting video that we're going to be doing, but it is important, right? Positions like, say, tight end, if you don't get one of the top few guys, or kicker or defense, or if you're in an IDP league, you look at those positions and you probably just don't think about it a whole lot, don't worry about it too much, but they are important. They certainly do add up. You throw that in with making the right starts and the right waiver claims every single week, and suddenly, you know, you have to think it becomes more important than your early draft picks and your running backs and your wide receivers. So, again, going to break this down, help give you the edge at just another position and give you all the information you need to know. And as always, you know, you can click to check out our channel and all of our rankings videos and plenty of other content, as well as clicking the link down in our description of this video to go to our website and see a ton more of information that we have for you guys. But let's just get right into it with our number one defense. So at number one, I feel like there's no need to rock the boat, no need to surprise you here. We got to go with the Rams. Not only were they really the number one fantasy defense last season, but there's no reason to think that they won't be this year. Now, they did lose a guy like John Johnson there who led their team for tackles. But other than that, it's all upside, and we'll talk about the effect of Matthew Stafford. But first, I want to break down their numbers from last year to remind you just how good they were. And this was in a year where defenses struggled. There were more offensive production last year than there has been in a very long time because defenses did not have the offseason to coordinate and really figure some things out. But we look at it. They were first in the NFL, allowing just 4.6 yards per play. Uh, they also finished second in sacks behind the Steelers with 53. And they were really disciplined defense, missing just 77 tackles on the year. That was third best in the league. Um, but what really impresses me most was their ability to shut down the passing game. Again, with those sacks showing just how effective they are in getting after the quarterback there. But even when the quarterback does throw the ball, really very not effective. So they allowed a quarterback rating of just 80.4. If a quarterback had a quarterback rating of 80.4 last season, they would have been 50th amongst quarterbacks around guys like Mike Glennon. So they essentially are holding teams to basically a low-end uh, quarterback, too, with how effective they have been. And look at some more stats. They're really limiting fantasy players as well. Look at it. Number one in points allowed per game to quarterbacks at 17.8 and wide receivers at 28.2, as well as fourth ranked defense against holding running backs and fantasy points to just 19.9. That is per team. So when they say 28 fantasy points to wide receivers, they mean all wide receivers on that, on that team opposing them for the whole season. Again, very effective, but I think the reason I like them most is, you know, the question being like, are they going to be able to repeat? Absolutely. In fact, they might be better this year than they were last year. The addition of Matthew Stafford makes him a much better team, and we've talked about many times this offseason just how bad a guy like Jared Goff was. Remember the stat where, you know, Jared Goff threw like 350 yards, but 288 of those yards were yards after the catch, and he was only throwing the ball like three yards down the field on average. Stafford is going to open up the field. He's going to use those weapons, and the more effective that that passing game can be, the more points that they can score, it's going to you know really equate to other teams needing to put up points as well, and that's where fantasy points come from, right? doesn't just need to be a good defense. You need to be able to get turnovers. You need to get sacks, picks, fumbles, whatever it may be, so... Right there, tier one, number one overall. For me, it's got to be the Rams. 
All right, here at number two, we've got kind of a safe pick, and I definitely think there are some options who could finish above them, but I'm going to go with the Baltimore Ravens simply because I want to average out not just their ceiling, but also their floor with their fantasy value. And for me, they still end up really high on this list. Last year, they finished number five in fantasy points, despite finishing 23rd in interceptions with 10 and 14th in sacks with just 39. So in some of those key metrics, not finishing very high, but they were... As a whole, a very effective defense, not allowing a ton of points and shutting down opposing offenses. Those turnovers are a very fickle stat and they will bounce from season to season. So I do expect those to go up. They also were really physical defense. They love to dominate an offense, push them around and just generally, you know, kind of be mean until they make mistakes. And ultimately that ended up with 22 forced fumbles, which led the league and they allowed the second fewest points per game at just 18.9. Uh, but really, what I like most about them is their cornerbacks. We talk about key positions, and everybody gets obsessed with the defensive ends and the edge rushers and those guys who are getting sacks. But cornerbacks are arguably, and I would say almost definitely, more important to the production and effectiveness of a defense. And arguably, no other team has a one two combo at cornerback better than the Ravens. Marlon Humphrey and Marcus Peters were both top 15 among qualifying cornerbacks in NFL passer rating allowed. They weren't particularly great on their edge rushers, so they went out in the first round and got a stud edge rusher as well. And we've seen guys like Chase Young, what getting one of them in the first round can do, how that can add to your roster, get a little more pressure on the quarterback. Certainly, they are not, don't quite have the same ceiling as some of these other fantasy rosters, but their floor is so high. Remember this roster, they've got a phenomenal running game. They can slow the pace, control the game with a good offense and a great coach. John Harbaugh has always had a good defense, and he pretty much seems like he always will. So for that reason, I feel like they're almost too safe and too good not to be ranked here. But there are some guys, or some guys, some defenses who could finish above them if they hit their ceiling. It's just a question of like, do you think that they will? And, and you know, I don't really like to gamble on that. So for me, number two are the Ravens. So here at number three, we've got the Washington football team. Now, they actually finished number two in overall defense last year, and ultimately, it really carried their team to win over in that division and got them into the playoffs. Now, it wasn't the most competitive division, but their offense had a lot of issues, and they still managed to finish up there, you know, kind of get themselves in, and they were somewhat competitive against the Buccaneers, which was really funny, but they're led by a great defensive line. We already mentioned how good of a rookie year and how promising Chase Young is, but even Montez Sweat was very effective last year. That is a scary front to be facing if you're a running back or a quarterback, knowing which guys are going to be rushing at you. Uh, very physical and intimidating. We look at it, they were top four in both yards per game and points per game last season. So again, very effective. But probably for me, what I think is most effective is the 47 sacks. They sacked quarterbacks on 8% of dropbacks. That was extremely effective. So we love to see that. And they figured some things out on the offensive side of the ball, right? You get Fitzpatrick in there. You've got Antonio Gibson continuing to develop. You add Curtis Samuel, not to mention Terry McLaurin. That offense is much better Heck, even Logan Thomas had a surprisingly good year last year. So I trust that offense more than I did going into last season, and that's going to help them out a ton. Again, scoring fantasy points 
um, is or scoring points in general is the best way to help your defense score fantasy points. I know it's simple and straightforward, but that's the way it is. We give a huge boost to teams who have good offenses because it creates turnovers by forcing garbage time stats and, you know, kind of forced throws and desperate plays. So absolutely love them. For me, the biggest reason I like them is that, you know, you've got coach Ron Rivera there. He's always been a very disciplined and old school coach, not necessarily old school, but that he's going to do things from, you know, kind of square one and he's going to handle things step by step. He doesn't miss a beat and they missed 120 tackles last year. That was in the bottom third of the NFL that will improve this season. And that's going to go a long way towards them shutting down drives sooner and having a much better fantasy defense. So they're at number three could be number two, but either way that is going to round out our tier one, just those teams. All right, here at number four, starting off our tier two, we got to go with Tampa Bay. Now, they have quietly built the best run defense in the NFL. So looking at it, they finished first against the run last year, allowing just under 1,300 rushing yards. for Again, finishing first for the second straight season and only allowing 10 touchdowns and, and only four runs of 20 or more yards. So very effective there. We could break down more stats like they're just 3.6 yards per carry allowed or tons of other things, but they are clear-cut number one against the run. They do struggle a little bit against the pass, but there's some reasons for that. They were 21st in yards allowed and gave up 29 touchdowns to 15 picks. But I think some of that might tend to be that teams are passing more against them. So when we talk about that yardage total, certainly inflated by volume. And yeah, you're going to have to throw the ball a lot against the Buccaneers. Um, you go back to that, get that upgrade with Tom, uh, you know, Tom Brady, where they had 22 fewer turnovers last year than they did the year before. You got all those weapons. They're going to put up points. And sure enough, they finished third in scoring with 492 points. Um, that's actually third in back-to-back years. But Ultimately, what matters here is that their offense is so darn effective that it's so hard to keep up with them. They can put up points on you pretty much at will, and they're going to shut down your running game. So you become a pretty one-dimensional offense. That's a very, very difficult team to face. Not to mention, with guys like Shaq Barrett there, they have the ability to get after the quarterback. Now, their secondary is a little bit weak. That is certainly true, but they're getting a little bit more mature, a little bit older, and a little bit more developed. So, you know, they only need to have an average secondary for them to be in elite fantasy defense. Love them this year for that situation. Again, just like last year, great scenario, very safe pick here, but there's also certainly some upside. So they have got to, you know, and maybe even should be in that tier up above. I couldn't quite make that call, but let me know if you disagree in the comments down below. Let's get to our defense number five. All right, now we got to go with the San Francisco 49ers again here at number five. And I think that's going to come as a surprise to some people who aren't paying attention because last year their fantasy defense wasn't very good, but they were decimated by injuries. The you know NFL's COVID protocol also tore them apart, both sides of the ball. They were a complete mess. In fact, I'll go so far to say I don't think I've ever seen so many injuries to so many key starters before. Go back to the year before, they were number three in fantasy defense and they were very effective. And the thing that held them back then and what held them back and will hold them back now is just the effectiveness of the offense, getting that quarterback situation under wraps. But hey, they brought in a very early round pick. They believe they've got their quarterback. And if the rookie isn't quite there, Jimmy Garoppolo has at least got some competition to drive him to work harder. That's got to be good. 
course, you got Debo Samuels there, and probably even better than that is Brandon Ayuk and, and George Kittle, who has you know proven himself to be an elite. And I mean, elite tight end, there's weapons that offense can produce. Now, I think this might be the year for them to certainly not be a great offense, but will they be better than last year? I'd like to think so. I, I certainly hope so at the least. So I'm expecting that they at least mostly bounce back to their form in 2019. Uh, let me know if I'm wrong, if you think that that's not the case, but simply them being healthy at pretty much every single position compared to where they were last year, is going to make a big difference. And what really stood out to me, I had him a few spots lower. I bumped them up. And one of the stats I've been really liking to look at recently is fantasy points allowed. Um, because we took a, we take a look at, you know, like points per game allowed and yards allowed and kind of combine them together because it's, you know, just looking at one or the other isn't enough. But I've recently started looking at fantasy points allowed because it just shows how effective other positions are. And their total fantasy points allowed was top five in terms of fewest fantasy points allowed to a total offense at just 81 fantasy points per game. So they were actually still fairly effective at slowing offenses down. Again, just have to think, just going to put it out there. If they're healthier, they're going to be better, guys. So here they are at number five. Might be a bit of a reach, but I'm you know kind of splitting the difference between where I had them and where they were in 2019. Up next, we have the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, they were actually number three in fantasy defensive points last season, and they were number two the year before that. Uh, ultimately, they were very effective last year, led the league with 56 sacks, tied for the league with 18 interceptions, and scored three touchdowns, allowing the third fewest fantasy points per game. So they were very effective, very good defense last year. What scares me ultimately is that offense in the second half of the year, how they really fell apart, you know, those last five or six games, they were a complete train wreck. And, and that certainly makes me nervous and wants to stay away from them. If you're going to take a risk, go for it. You can take them a little bit earlier. You can rank them a little bit higher than I have them. But again, for that reason, ultimately, I'm going to keep them a bit lower than most people. I've also got to wonder, you know, about this offense and everything that's going on there. I like that offense, but we, we kind of saw how they changed throughout the year last year when that offense struggled, that team as a whole struggled. And so I guess a big reason I bumped them down is that I don't trust the offense. It's not really a knock on their defense as a whole. But as we've always said, and I'll say it again, I've already said it multiple times, you need a good offense to have a good fantasy defense. It keeps teams honest. It forces them to make risky plays, and a good defense will capitalize on those risky plays. But it doesn't matter how good your defense is. If you have no plays to capitalize on, let's move on to our next team. Up next, I've got the Cleveland Browns, and they're really a tale of two stories. Against the passing game, they were number seven in yards allowed with uh, 3,470, and, and ultimately they gave up 25 passing touchdowns to 14 interceptions off, what is that, 3.7 yards per attempt, and, and took the quarterback down, sacked him 38 times. So they were fairly good in the passing game, they were, and the running game was a much different story. They were 30th in rushing yards allowed with over 2,300 and 19 rushing touchdowns. Ultimately, they gave up 14 carries for over 20 yards and 5 yards per carry. And of course, teams were taking advantage of that. They really were. Teams against them were averaging 28.9. So we're going to round that up. Let's call it 29 carries per game. They were quite literally running all over the Cleveland Browns defense last season. But you know what? 
They've got the weapons in the front seven to make the stop this year. Not only do they have Miles Garrett and Jadavion Clowney plus Takaris McKinley, they also added John Johnson and Troy Hill from the Rams, who that duo, by the way, combined for 182 tackles, four interceptions, two fumble recoveries, and three touchdowns last season. And again, Johnson led the Rams for tackles, so they added some huge weapons that are going to help them shut down the running game. That is awesome. Love that right there. We've seen how effective they can be in the passing game, shutting down those quarterbacks and wideouts. And now they've got the weapons to stop the running game. It's really not a whole lot else to say at this point. It's looking like it's going to be a good fantasy season for them. And I'd be happy taking them right where we've got them ranked. All right, so here we are at number eight, and we're actually now in our tier three. So our first tier three defense is the Miami Dolphins. And before I get into any conversation about them, I first want to sit down and talk about the tiers because we're in the bottom third of the starting fantasy defenses. And unless you're in a super competitive league, people at this point, when you've waited this long for your defense, really what you're ultimately going to probably do is pick them up, maybe play them from time to time. But they're probably going to get dropped for you. And in fact, even for me, I'm in some fairly competitive leagues. Even then, if I end up waiting until one of the last couple of the top 12 defenses and just take whoever, which it happens according to draft strategy, you know, maybe I, I ace every other position. And because of that, I really wasn't able to quite get the defense that I wanted. Then you know what's just going to happen? I'm probably going to end up dropping them a few weeks into the season. So, you know, when we start getting here, you know, 12, 11, 10, whatever it might be, um, don't reach on them, guys. They don't have quite that much fantasy value to make them, you know, worth really stretching on. But again, let's get into it. Just wanted to make that point pretty clear at this point that I'm not going to emphasize them too much. There is still talent here, but they're going to be maybe more week-to-week fills for you, and you don't need to value them that much. And, you know, the truth is there always is waiver wire claims at defense, so you don't need to obsess about it too much after you've missed over those first, you know, probably five or six defenses. But here we are. The Dolphins actually finished fourth in fantasy points per game last season. And though they did just lose Kyle Van Noy, that is going to hurt them at their linebacker spot. They did just draft a rookie who who certainly adds some value. Jalen Phillips does, but he needs experience. I don't expect him to produce to nearly that level, but I do like his potential. He's got huge upside. Here's what you need to know about them. They were actually very effective last season, particularly in the turnover game, and that's what helped them produce. They tied for the NFL lead with 18 interceptions, and they were among some of the best defenses with 10 fumble recoveries. They also had 41 sacks and were top five in points allowed. They allowed just 318 points on the season as a whole. Again, loss of Kyle Van Noy, six sacks last season. That's going to hurt them. We'll see how they replace that. Um, but you know what? They should just be happy at this point that they did not lose Xavier Howard. He had 10 interceptions last year. He is one of, if not the best cornerbacks in the league. And, and ultimately, what you need to know about them is this is a Dolphins team who they have produced a good defense. And I really trust them too, not just off of the talent that they have, but I think they have good coaching. And I know seems like anyway they know how to put together a defense that can you know stop effective offenses and of course that's pretty cliche but where they struggle is the offensive game right they're going to run the ball they're going to slow the pace down this is really a question for me the reason they're not higher ultimately comes down to Tua you know with the new weapons there like Will Fuller and and, and all the different guys that they added, and even, you know, some depth at running back and such, I just kind of wondering, like, did they get the talent that they need? Is is he going to step up alongside Fuller and Waddle, and they're going to, you know, 
be able to improve this offense enough? I don't think so. And then, you know, you see a team that's not scoring many fantasy points or scoring many points on the board. You wonder if their defense is going to have the opportunity to make those turnovers. I like their defense. In fact, really think their, their defense is quite underrated as far as just general NFL goes. Um, but fantasy-wise, not too hyped about them right now. So, you know, I'll certainly draft them, but I'm not reaching on them by any uh, kind of sense of the phrase. Next up, we've got the Saints. There is not a whole lot to say here. Another team that, hey, I'd have them higher, but the loss of Drew Brees and concerns the quarterback situation and, and even the concerns with Michael Thomas leaves me scratching my head and wondering what they're going to be able to do. They still have a very talented defense. They do, but the Saints have never really been known for their defense. That is something to note. Um, hopefully, you know, with their kicker and their running game, maybe they slow the pace down. Maybe they turn more into, you know, Baltimore got Taysom Hill, and, and that could very well end up producing a very good fantasy defense for them. They do not have the upside or the ceiling to be the number one fantasy defense. I will say that. There is a definite ceiling to their fantasy value, but their defense has talent, and there's offensive talent as well. If they can get their guys healthy, if Taysom Hill looks as good as he could be, you know, I don't necessarily think he's going to be, you know, divisional winning Super Bowl winning franchise QB but if he can use his mobility and he can be good enough and they can get their wide receivers to produce and get Michael Thomas healthy and Alvin Kamara can continue to be as dominant as Alvin Kamara has been I mean look last year Alvin Kamara was both number one in fantasy points and fantasy points per snap I've looked back over the last decade never seen another running back do that so Love that. Um, again, can they slow the pace down? Can they kind of use the mobility of their QB to get them some extra first downs and extend drives? Can they really just squeeze every uh, play out of Alvin Kamara as a workhorse dual threat running back and you know use that to their advantage so their defense doesn't have as much pressure on them, so their passing game doesn't have as much pressure on them? Maybe. Who knows? Um, so for me, they could definitely drop in my rankings. I could see it. I just I don't see anything beneath them as far as fantasy defenses go that I love enough to bump them down and that's ultimately what it comes down to for me so let's continue on to some of these other defenses and maybe you'll see what I'm referring to all right so next up we've got the Chiefs and again hopefully you'll see what I mean now they were surprisingly good last year they were 10th in points allowed per game gave up just 22.6 points per game but we're not fantasy studs we're not forcing turnovers and really what I'd say is they've got three guys on that D line who are actually pretty solid but other than that defensive line you know you've got concerns they're secondary in their linebacking group not great, guys. It's not great. And ultimately, Andy Reid is a great coach who has made it work. They know what they're doing. They're a very intelligent team, um, and they're going to take advantage of the uh, of opposing offenses by you know knowing what situation they're in, smart coaching, and disciplined play. But they just don't have a lot of talent there. So for me, putting them right here, you know, because they're on a team that they've got a good defensive line. They do, and they've got some pieces there. And that offense is going to score points. They're going to capitalize and hopefully get some turnovers, but not huge on their defense. All right, so here we are at number 11 with the Buffalo Bills, and this is a surprise for me, and I'm sure you're surprised as well. I thought I was going to rank them a lot higher, but I just can't do it. And ultimately, what it comes down to for me, and hey, maybe I'll bump them up in our rankings later, and our number 12 is another defense where I'm kind of thinking the same thing, but 
I looked at the numbers and they were surprisingly not as good last year as I thought they would be. So they were actually bottom half of the NFL, 17th in defending the run. They allowed 1,900 rushing yards last year. That's that's quite a bit. And they did it on 4.6 yards per carry. But ultimately, they, re- they gave in 21 rushing touchdowns. That was 27th in the league. So they were not that effective on the ground. Teams were running all over them. And that is a big concern. When teams were able to do that, they're going to do that because you see how effective that passing game has been. When you play the Buffalo Bills, they've got Diggs and they've got Allen. They've got now Emmanuel Sanders. You know what? You want to slow the pace down. You need to give your defense some rest, give them some time to game plan. And when you can against them, because they've shown you that they're going to give it up, you will all day long. So that is a massive problem for me. It's one of the biggest reasons that I kept them out. Now, they also struggled a little bit in the passing game. They were 13th versus the pass. They give up 23 touchdowns to 15 picks and just 38 sacks. They will be getting Tredavis White back, but he is a guy who has not played. He didn't play last year, opted out. So that is a big concern, how rusty he he will be and how effective he will be. And you know what? I would rank this defense much higher if they had a running game that I could trust, right? I want to see them finish drives. I want touchdowns, not field goals at the end of drives, putting up a few more points, you know, kind of keeping drives alive, keeping opposing defenses honest because, Those extra points, that extra production, and that ability to slow the pacing of the game when needed is going to be huge for Buffalo's defense, but they just haven't been able to do it. And of course, again, they struggled. They got ran all over last year. And so really curious to see. I could be wrong. Tredavis White coming back. He is a very good cornerback, but cornerback is probably the hardest position in the NFL to play. And I have to wonder how he's going to handle coming back after that break. It's just It's going to be so difficult for him, so I guess we'll see. But let's move on to our defense number 12. All right, so now we've got the New England Patriots, and this is a team who was primed for a bounce back at this position, but they were a big disappointment last season. Ultimately, that came down to the eight players who opted out for them, including studs like Donta Hightower and Patrick Chung, who really anchored that defense for sure. Um, they also added some talent this offseason and really shore down their defensive line by getting a stud in Kyle Van Noy and Matt Judon. So definitely more talent there this year than there was last year, but they were brutal. Just 24 sacks. That's horrible. That's less than half of what teams like the Steelers and the Rams got, and they forced just four fumbles. Now, they were fine in the interception department. 18 is pretty good, but you definitely have to wonder there. Not getting after the quarterback, not hitting guys, not being quite as physical. And then ultimately, and you know, as we've said with a lot of different teams here, I, w- I want to see your offense produce. And that Cam Newton-led offense did not produce last year. That is a major concern. You have to wonder what it's going to look like this season for them. You know, if you're a team against the Patriots, like, why would you turn the ball over? You don't need to turn the ball. You're just going to run the ball all day. You're going to kick field goals. Heck, you know, you might need to win off of a punt return for touchdown. But it doesn't matter because they can't seem to score on you no matter what they do. You just need to play it conservative. Again, this is a great defense, but that offense is so brutal. I mean, look at the offenses ahead of them. Like Buffalo, the Chiefs, the Saints, the Dolphins, the Browns, the Steelers, the 49ers, keep going, the Bucks, Washington's football team, the Ravens and the Rams. Those are the 11 teams ahead of them in our rankings. I would consider all of those offenses to be better, even the one led by Tua, which is really not good. You know, I'm not huge on Tua, and I'd even say they are around as good, if not better. So, 
yeah, that offense is a major concern for them, particularly in their lack of a passing game. The running game is is fair and probably would be better if they had uh, another few pl- uh, pieces in place. But again, ultimately, 24 sacks is brutal. You are not pressuring the quarterback enough. That's horrible. So that number needs to go up. And while they did add some weapons, they did not add a whole lot in sort of the pass rushing game. And that's what I was really hoping to see them do this offseason, but they didn't. So for that reason, I'm going to hold them here at number 12. Not a bad fantasy defense by any means. They're still a starting fantasy defense, and so are all the other teams above them. But some of these last few ones, you know, say like the Chiefs, the Saints, and them, just kind of like, hey, I'm going to be happy with them, but I'm probably not going to start them every week, and I'm certainly not going to reach for them at my draft. I'm going to play things conservative and smart and take them where they're valuable late because you know what? As we've said, especially at this position, teams seem to be more casual in fantasy, and there will be, you know, there's going to be some free agency options and some good waiver wire pickups. And, you know, you want to talk fantasy defensive philosophy, go week to week. You know, say every year there's a team that has a terrible offense, and I mean truly horrible. This year, it will probably be the Jets like most other years. And, you know, to be honest, you can kind of just start whoever plays the Jets that week. I mean, it really is that simple. Matchup is that important. But, hey, guys, just a quick Top 12 dynasty or defensive rankings for you guys. Can't wait to do the next one with Rob in a day or so. So.